0: angelo how's it going (laughs) it's going great how about you frank i'm doing awesome uh so this is
1: officially our our first episode we've um we, we recorded a little test episode i don't know if it'll ever see the light of day um but we found that it was pretty fun and uh wanted to try this again um so what do you want to talk about today
0: Today, so let's start off with a little backstory. Right now, where I work, uh, we're like prepping for a like big release. Like, massive release. And right now, it's really difficult to get work done. Like, I'm constantly interrupted. Uh, lots of things coming in. And it's just... It's just really hard. So Mm -hmm. today, I want to talk about friction.
1: Right. I think I said to you once uh, in person that friction is failure. I don't know if I believe that 100%, but it definitely is something that I think about a lot too.
0: All right. So let's talk about that. We can talk about what friction is, how to avoid it, how to minimize it, how to recognize that it's a thing yeah sounds
1: good um so i i I guess maybe the first question then is like what is friction how do you recognize friction
0: okay i'll take a stab at this so for me friction is anything that stops me from moving at the speed of thought (laughs) okay I think we all have a, a reference to like what it means to be in a state of flow, you know, when you're working, things feel great, you're concentrated, um, and while it might not be easy, you know, you know, you're, you're moving forward, right? Yeah. So I think we all have like a frame of reference to, to that type of work. For me, friction is what stops me from getting there. And and I'm very mindful in my day-to-day work to minimize friction to attempt to maximize flow time.
1: And how's that going for you?
0: These days, not so well. But most days, pretty good.
1: Okay, so... Um, I think that that's a great definition of friction. I think that certainly anything that's, you know, getting in the way of you doing your best work, um, is going to be friction, but then sometimes you're facing friction and you don't even recognize it, or you may not recognize it. Um, what do you feel when you're, um, facing friction like how do you identify it
0: Yeah that's that's a good question it's I think as anyone who does creative work in general should develop a sense of introspection right you need to be really like even if you're doing something very technical like software development for example I think it's really helpful to have a good grasp on your feelings, how things make you feel, you know, how code, um, you know, like the, the the underlying senses of of what's inside, you know? Right. It's hard to put into words, but I feel like we all have like this sort of internal litmus test that we can put against the things that we do or the situations that we're in that show us whether or not this is like for example, good or bad, productive or unproductive, uh, etc. Right on. Yeah. Um so, <clears throat> For example I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So for example, one of the uh one, one of the best examples of this I find that I see in like my day-to-day work is during development if i reach for my mouse that's generally not a good sign that generally puts me (laughs) it generally puts me out of the state of flow and i don't know it just it, it it kind of it's like it like it breaks my stride
1: right that makes sense
0: what about yourself? What, what what do you think, what do you feel like breaks your stride when you're in the zone? That's a good question. And I, I
1: definitely agree with your um, your assessment that it's good to develop some sense of introspection to think about what gets you into a state of doing deep work. Um, and I think that I like that you have a, a very physical kind of, um, benchmark for, Oh, I'm breaking stride by reaching for my mouse. Cause my hands are leaving my keyboard. I'm no longer coding, you know, or whatever. Um, for me, it's always been a little bit more about, these nagging feelings in the back of my head, you know, and, mm-hmm. and recently Annie Mueller wrote a great, um, a great article called what's blocking your creative output, uh, that puts a lot of this into, uh, into words in ways better than I could. Uh, so Annie talks about how, um, you know, there, there are three stages to what you do that you're, a consumer of inputs you're a curator of what's coming in and you use that to sort of set up filters and process and then turn that into creative output and any points to some uh some things like uh feeling like you're physically stretched thin you know uh, mm-hmm. nothing left uh, or that you're um you've got some misplaced energy, you know, things like that. Uh that's i think a good sign that there's friction somewhere. You know, um good example of misplaced energy was i remember anytime finals came around in university, uh my place was spick and span. It was <laughs> super clean, right? Uh all all of my stuff was really well organized. I had, you know, brand new binders and tabs and all kinds of stuff, uh, all set up. Uh, so I was being very productive with my time, just not effective with my time because it was right. b- taking that energy that should go towards studying or working on papers or what have you and putting it into, um, sort of peripheral things that you feel might help, but don't really. So why was that happening? Well, that was happening because um, I convinced myself that maybe I, I needed this and, and not having these things were a form of friction. But the reality was that the friction was this sort of um, lack of comfort with the material and, and thinking that, well, um, maybe once I do this, I'll feel better about, uh, starting work on studying. Mm -hmm. So that's always been something that, that, um, signals to me that there's, Mm -hmm. there is friction. It doesn't identify what that friction might be, but it does tell me that there's something in the way there's something that, you know, is keeping me from getting into this state of comfort where I can work without distraction and without having to jump out of my state of flow um so i think that's been the best thing for me and that's why i really like your your idea of developing a state of introspection even if your job is highly technical and you think that no the key to doing good work here is really understanding you know when to use a value type and when to use a reference type or whatever. That's important, sure, but that's not, that's not going to bring you to the creative levels that you, it's not sufficient for, you know, uh, creating great things.
0: Right. So how would you like, say in the, in the big picture of things, how would you categorize the types of friction that. We have to deal with day to day.
1: That's a um, that's something I wasn't really prepared to answer, uh, but I think is a great question. There's probably for me two big categorization. One is internal friction, and that's usually more like um, issues with. Um, The work that you're doing
0: perhaps like you were talking about right when you're yeah
1: exactly exactly um issues with your your feelings of confidence about the expertise you might have Hmm. but then there's also the second category which is external and that's stuff like um perhaps there's um not great communication in your team or like not effective communication in your team, mm-hmm. or too many interruptions, or you're working with um, tools that keep you that that hold you back because you know I spend half my day waiting for code to compile rather than working on stuff. You know, right? Um, so, so I think uh, those for me would be the two main categories. Are there subcategories? Be- beneath those probably but i'm not really not really sure how i would further categorize them i feel um, like what do you think
0: yeah i feel like there's like one subcategory that is rather important to distinguish and i think in those like external forms of friction uh one important subcategory i think is you have external friction that is non-human, and you have external friction that is human. I feel like it's a lot sure, easier yeah. to deal with the non-human part than the human part.
1: Yeah, humans are always a problem.
0: Humans are awful.
1: Except that they're also the best. I
0: know, right? So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point. Um, definitely when the issues with your tools or with your i don't know your um even you know your your confidence with um your expertise of the material you can get more training but if it's your boss or you know somebody that you're working very closely with that's injecting friction into the the, the process what do you do about that
0: right yeah, I, I I feel you. Um, how about how about we start tackling maybe like the the tool friction? Like, how do you minimize? How would you go about minimizing the friction of your tools? Because this, I think, is really. I mean, we can get into a lot of things here, and I have many ideas, but I, I'm curious about what you think. Like when it comes to tools, what what do you feel are the biggest, like bangs for your buck in terms of being, you know, getting less distracted, removing friction and staying in like a flow state?
1: Right. Yeah. Um, There are a couple of things. Uh, First, there's, I think there's a lot of value to having a very comfortable workplace, Um, uh, so just in terms of general office ergonomics, you know, setting the, the base level of having a comfortable chair, uh, desk that's at the right height for you, you know, because all desks are made for people like me, six foot guy, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's great for me, but it's, you know, uh, not very comfortable for anyone else, and then you 're hunched over a desk and you don't have an ad- adjustable monitor and you're you know you, you just you end the day with your shoulders up around your ears and you're wondering why your neck is sore and stuff like that it 's a very distracting thing you 'll never be able to really focus on the work you want to do if you're uncomfortable if you 're in pain, so that's kind of like you know if we're looking at maslow 's hierarchy of needs for creative work let's say that the base level is going to be a comfortable workspace. Uh, Above that, I think, you know, I see a lot of companies that um, tout values of doing more with less, which I think is really good. I think um, there's something about austerity that um, promotes creativity. But Mm -hmm. as I was saying before, um, it's possible to go too far uh, and and you know uh, trying to write code on a 13 inch screen is very possible it's a lot easier if you've got you know a big monitor or two monitors or nine monitors or whatever um, having a a fast computer so that compilation time is quick is really really convenient, mm-hmm. um, so things like that, and then uh, beyond that is I think sort of the the patchwork of of individual tools that you weave together um, to get everything working in a in a nice holistic way. Um, I think I use that word wrong, but you, you get the point, right? Um, you, you, want, you, you know, um, if I have to go to, uh, one tool for writing the code and then another tool for, uh, commands in the terminal, and then another tool for, uh, handling, you know, uh, version control, and then another tool for, uh, Code reviews and so on and so forth. It becomes a bit of a headache uh, just because you're you're constantly context switching. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world um, because you can compartmentalize your time across the, the tasks that you're doing. When you're writing code, you're in your IDE and then you're switching back and forth for version control and you know uh, code reviews, uh, communication, that's a big one. Um, but I think the key thing with all of that is to pick a set of tool as, uh, tools as quickly as possible and, and just s- avoid the temptation to constantly try and find the next best tool. If you've got something that's working for you, then that's great. Um, hmm. so that's my sort of thinking. What about you? Uh,
0: I generally agree with what you said. I would just add a few more things to it. The f- first of which is to, you know, if you can, set your computer in like Do Not Disturb, put your phone in Do Not Disturb, and, you know, save yourself from all those notifications that are going to be bombarding you throughout the day
1: put your physical presence and do not disturb as well <laughs> as possible.
0: Yeah, definitely. Though, you know, with open offices, that's not necessarily the easiest thing to do, but yeah. Right. Sure. But
1: that's one thing that uh, you know, really drew me to working at Fog Creek, which is now Glitch. Um, developers working in the head office have their own office with a closing door so that they can, you know, really just focus on the work at hand. Um, and if you're working from home, like I am, uh, it's all the better though. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not convinced that, uh, you're entirely isolated in that case, uh, in either case really, because, uh, there is still, as you said, you know, the need to put your, your, your computer and your phone into do not disturb mode. Mm
0: Mm-hmm so go on there was uh, you
1: were saying that there were a couple of other things that i that you would add to my list
0: yeah so there's that and now this this is going to sound a little funny but i feel like learning to touch type is a game changer huh it's do you do you touch type angelo well i don't look at the keyboard if that's what you mean like full 10 finger, um, you know, like, yeah, I think Madness pretty much you can type touch typing. I I think
1: so. I, uh, that though was the kind of stuff that we had to learn in, I don't know, grade seven or whatever. Yeah. Typing tests without being able to see the keyboard.
0: Yeah. Well, you see, I never learned that when I was, when I was younger, um, and this is actually a funny story. So I had an internship once uh, working for the government. And if you've ever worked for a government, you know that you don't work very hard. And I had a lot. Well, that of...
1: depends, but.
0: <laughs> At least where so where I was working, I wasn't working very hard, um, especially as I an think intern, that's... right? Let's...
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think that might be uh, also just the reality of many internships.
0: Yeah. So I had a lot of free time on my hands. And what I decided to do was to learn to touch type finally. So at the time I was typing with maybe like three fingers on each hand. Um, I'd have to glance at the keyboard. It's not like I was constantly looking at the keyboard, but you know, so, Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's a lot of people who are in that situation. Um, So I can definitely see like. Uh, a, a separation in my life between before I knew how to touch type and after it is incredible it is like when when I talk about like you know um, moving at the speed of thought that's what I feel like, t- like touch typing at a reasonable speed um, enables
1: what is the speed of thought anyways
0: well for me Keep talking, sp- <laughs> I'm gonna look this up. <laughs> for me the speed of thought is about um eighty words per minute. But uh yeah, and the thing is that when you're very comfortable with your keyboard, then you can start using a lot more uh keyboard centric interfaces. Yeah. So things like Vim, for example, becomes a lot more appealing. Uh, And a big one for me in my work every day is using a tool like Alfred. Do you know Alfred? I
1: love Alfred.
0: Oh, man. So Alfred is kind of like this spotlight replacement. Um, It gives you like a big bar in the middle of your screen. You can use it to open apps. Uh, You can use it to control your music. And uh, you can also... And this is where it gets really interesting is you can also uh, develop workflows for it. So scripts and stuff to help you uh, get your work done. And I have a bunch of these, but one of my favorites is incredibly simple. And it's just a small script where I type OF space and then whatever I want. And it takes that thing and it puts it in my OmniFocus inbox. And I must use that maybe a dozen times per day at least
1: yeah that and uh there's a similar workflow for fantastical so you can just type in that natural language that fantastical is fantastic for Uh, now i see where they got the name from (laughs) and you know it just dumps it right in there and it's so convenient
0: yeah and like when you think about the alternative, like what is it that like you open say for me, it would be to open omnifocus, switch to the inbox tab, type in my new thing, close it, go back to whatever I was doing. see to well, me, there's the
1: quick entry
0: that's true, but regardless, to me, like that
1: is sure, just, fair enough,
0: you know again, reaching for your mouse, not cool. So, uh, so using something like Alfred and figuring out like, what are these small things that you do during the day and thinking about, you know, how can you automate them? I think is very, very helpful.
1: I like Alfred for a lot of these things. And, and, um, I was talking about trying to minimize the number of tools that you use, um, to avoid context switching, and that's one of those things where Alfred shines, because yes, it's a it's an app launcher, and as you said, you can set up these workflows for shortcuts and stuff. I also use it for all my snippets. You know, I I used to okay. use Text Expander, which is amazing. Uh, Alfred's snippets feature isn't quite as robust, at least in in my exploration of it, which is not especially deep mm-hmm. but um it's good enough for you know what i tend to use which is uh slack status or quick little things that i put at the top of a header file in xcode or whatever you know it's it's for that it's great or hey, i'm gonna write that
0: down slack status Alfred, I never thought of that. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Can you send that to me when we're when we're done? You bet. Awesome.
1: Put it in the... I, I will put it in the show notes.
0: Great. So, yeah. Another thing that I really like with Alfred is... Um, I use Dash a lot for my documentation. Yeah. Being able to write. And Dash has the 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 developer of Dash actually provides like an incredible workflow, which seems rather complicated um, for searching. Oh, i never
1: really looked into it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 more than like a one liner, uh, but it's right. really but it's incredible um, for searching documentation and stuff, and having that like you know at your fingertips all the time. Uh, it's nice, and plus, if you have right. right. Dash like on your iPad beside you, you can have it like bring up the documentation, um, for example, on your iPad so it doesn't kind of like obstruct your screen and your work. So that's a nice little, it's a nice little hack, all right. So moving on, so what do you do now? This is this is the this is the, the the tough part. What do you do about external friction that is produced by other humans right
1: um that's a tough one and again i think that there's a couple of ways in which that happens one is sometimes a problem of not managing expectations for example Like Mm -hmm. in Slack, I can say, okay, I'm in do not disturb, Um, which, you know, I've got it set up so that uh, if somebody tries to send me a a private message, it'll tell them you're, you know, Angela's in do not disturb mode. Do you want to like interrupt them? Which I think sends a really good signal.
0: Yeah, it, it signals that you care about your work.
1: Well, and also, um, there is kind of like this theory that by just, you know, uh, leaving little breadcrumbs that indicate that you're what you're about to do, the action you're about to take might impact somebody else negatively. uh, It'll help them sort of be a little more thoughtful about their behavior. So I like that idea. Um, but if I forget to put do not disturb on then, which generally I do forget unless I'm on a call or in a meeting, then, you know, I don't have any expectation that, uh, I won't get messaged while I'm working on something. Hmm. Um, and that's fine. That's Okay. But then there's the, the the flip side of that where someone will send you a private message that's just like, hi, how are you? And you wait. <laughs> and you wait. And then, you know, you get sort of a little follow-up with uh, what the question might be or what the problem is or what then they need from you. Mm. But it's that kind of behavior as well that's I think a little bit uh, important to try and um, just try and and urge people to be a little more uh, thoughtful about. Uh, same with meeting requests, you know, uh, I generally, if there's no agenda for a meeting, I generally just set my response to maybe because I don't know that this, you know, that I can provide any value to this meeting right. or that this meeting is going to provide any value to me. So let me spend my time and, uh, you know, and, and your time doing something meaningful rather than just sitting and being, you know, irritated that I had to jump on a call or or a, a meeting uh, that really wasn't um, of value. Um, so yeah, managing expectations is really important. But you know, there 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 are some times where that's just not something you can really easily do. Like wh- what if your you know your boss is constantly interrupting you, just you know to talk about the weekend or uh, something peripheral to the work that you're doing, you know, nothing that's particularly urgent or whatever. Uh, But, uh, you know, you can't, or you feel like you can't really just put your headphones on and ignore. Right. What do you do about that?
0: Oh man. Um, And I
1: think we've all been kind of in that situation where uh, you're being interrupted, but you feel like you can't really speak up about it.
0: Yeah, Uh, I think if at least for myself, like if I have a clear idea of what I'm trying to accomplish and. And I know that that's important I don't feel bad in telling the other people, like say the, the the other party, that you know, I'm trying to get this done. This is important for X Y reason. I'm going to focus on this for now, but you know, let's grab let's grab a coffee after lunch, and we can we can talk about your boat. You know, that'll be great.
1: You said something really interesting there, and I want to write that down uh, to circle back to. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely, um, communicating is the most important thing, um, and and doing so thoughtfully uh, is is important. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. No, of uh, but not. what. But what you said was, you know, having a clear idea of what you want to accomplish helps. And I think that that's kind of um, the key thing when we're talking about friction. If you don't have a clear idea of what you want to accomplish, I think that's the biggest source of uh, of any kind of friction. And and I, I don't mean something as, as simple as... Um, you know, here during your standup or if you use gel or whatever, um, stating like today I want to X, Y, and Z. And then yesterday I did uh, A, B, and C. And what's blocking me today is, I don't know, Q. Um, really? <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. I, I kind of blanked on the rest of the alphabet there. Um, there's, there's more to it than just... Um, setting some tasks for your day. Mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, that's important of course. Um, but there's the need to plan out how that happens to, and, uh, you can't do that if you don't have a clear idea of what your end goal is. Right. So, you know, I want to, write uh an app that works against um the dark sky api well um better have a good feeling for how i want to handle network requests and how i want to handle uh you know all all kinds of stuff Um, because if i don't i'm going to run into the friction of okay i've gotten to this point and now i don't know how to proceed
0: Right. Or how do you know when you're done? You know, because right. you could like really like you could theoretically be writing that app for the rest of your life. When when do you know that like your your dark sky app is is finished? You know, like what's what's acceptable to you? I think getting rid of that haze um, helps a lot with like that internal friction. It's a lot more motivating when you're like undergoing a task and you know exactly when you're going to be like when this thing is going to be done or how do you know that it's over versus, you know, you're working on a task and you feel like you're spinning your wheels for weeks on end.
1: Yeah, definitely. But there's also, I mean, you mentioned about the, the internal friction that you feel, Uh, There's also the external friction that you feel because you can put yourself into situations like, oh, you know what, I really need to go heads down on this. So I'm actually going to not come into the office today. I'm going to work from home or Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, book a meeting room or whatever so that I can get like six hours of uninterrupted time. Uh, just hacking away at this particular issue that I'm having, I think that's there's a lot of value in that and you only can really know that if you're um, well as you said introspecting and and realizing that one of the i don't know maybe one of the blockers in 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 your own um, ability to do deep work is that you really need a silent area. Or you really need like to minimize whatever um, just whatever peripheral distractions there are
0: mm-hmm. absolutely
1: so one thing that you know when we're talking about friction uh, that I like to think about is. can it be used in some kind of positive way is there like is there sometimes where more friction is better
0: uh yes (laughs) i definitely think so if you're trying to for example discourage yourself um out of bad habits then yeah i think right uh, i think friction is is a great tool
1: yeah habits are like a whole other topic yeah. that uh I think we can speak for a long time about um but yeah that's that's a that's a great point um I have a good that's example exactly of what I keep in mind yeah go for it
0: um so say for example if if you're the type of person who checks Facebook a little too often um-hmm um, a great way to introduce friction in that process is to like log yourself out of the site or of the app when, uh, you know, like when you're done Mm -hmm. and it makes it so say if, so you see like, like this happens to me, not with Facebook, but with Reddit where sometimes I'll be like in Xcode searching for a class and then I'll do like command F and I'll type out. Reddit <laughs> and then like backspace, 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 and then actually search for the thing that I wanted to look for. So it it sometimes happens that I end up on Reddit when I'm when I don't want to. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty awful. But but yeah, like if you're like log yourself out, you know, add that friction um between say like your want to like your 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 need to look at Facebook and like actually scrolling through the feed, just having that extra step there is might be all that you need in order to you know catch yourself and be like, Oh, maybe I should be focusing on this instead
1: yeah that that is an excellent idea um, it's also you know um just you know, keeping your phone in another room, uh, Mm -hmm. while you're working or, you know, in, if you're, I tend to, uh, talk about in another room because I, I work from home, but if you're at an office, you know, keep it in your bag or in your jacket, you know, on the other side of your, your work area so that it's a pain in the ass to get to, um, do whatever you, um, whatever you can to. Minimize all of the actions that keep you from accomplishing what you're trying to accomplish. So I think, you know, we talk, generally, yes, you want to minimize whatever friction because you want to be able to slip into your state of flow or deep work or whatever you want to call it. As quickly as possible. But sometimes that does mean needing to uh, put up barriers to distraction. Because you're working against very powerful forces when it comes to procrastination. When it comes to um, just the need to check in on things that don't really matter, you know, but you're, you're, it, it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, maybe friction isn't always that bad.
0: No, I wholeheartedly agree. And you know, like, and like, what's, what's the point of all this really, right? To like go through all this trouble to, to reduce friction. Like, right. For, to me, it's not about... Getting more work done, for example. I mean, it's a nice side effect, but that's not, that's not why I try to do this stuff. Like, I do it because it feels better. Like, it feels more fulfilling. I have more confidence in the work that I'm doing. If I know that, you know, I'm concentrated and I'm able to, like, truly focus on, you know, getting my best work out there.
1: Absolutely. Um, Do you feel the same way? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I... I think that... it really is important to sit back and, and think about what your goals are. Um, and once you have identified those goals, whatever they might be, creating a plan for achieving them. And that's what ends up minimizing friction, friction, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what um, turns every action or every decision from something that maybe you don't think very much about to something that you ask yourself, does this get me closer to my goals or not? Uh, And if it doesn't, uh, maybe don't spend too much effort on it. Sometimes you don't have a choice, and and that's something I I want to ask you about. But really, uh, that is the goal here, right? We want to do our you know meaningful work, our best work. Mm -hmm. So why? Well, because it's fulfilling. And there's so many things working against you, as I said, that you you need to have some kind of way to get yourself into your prime working um, state of mind as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but there's always going to be some kind of friction that you really just can't do anything about. Uh, and one of the things that I, you know, I think a few people, um, I've, I've heard a few people mention is stuff like, well, you know, I track my, my work, you know, task management, whatever, uh, in, let's say OmniFocus at, for my personal stuff. And then, uh, my work stuff is in, I don't know. I've set something up in outlook or in whatever system. Jira. Uh, <laughs> as somebody that worked on fog bugs for, you know, the last year and a half, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, um, even at that there, there is stuff like, I want to keep things in mind outside of work because it's stuff that I need to think about uh but I know I'm gonna have to you know uh, track that in you know gel is something that we use mm-hmm. um and I know I'm gonna write it down in my notebook, and I know I'm probably gonna have some notes about it maybe you know, in, in Omnifocus and stuff. So duplicating efforts is a lot of friction, which I'm not sure provides that much value, but you know, what do you do about maybe not that specific example, but uh, friction that you really just, you're stuck with it. There's nothing you can do about it.
0: Yeah. I think it really takes, I think it really takes a mindset shift, right? You need to think about Like, first of all, does this serve the greater good? Because what might be friction for you is enabling others. Yes. You know? And that's really important. Like, say, for example, uh, if there's, like, some meeting on some new API that you've developed and, you know, all the mobile teams need to integrate it, well, like, yes, your work is done, but, you know, you need to enable, like the next teams so so they can do their best work
1: right and i would argue that you know doing that work it, your work isn't complete until um it's enabled some kind of a handoff right you know what i mean
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. now i i feel the same way as well
1: but i i understand your example
0: but yeah it's it might not be fun. It might not be something that you want to do, but it's something that, you know, needs to get done. Um, and in that case, I don't know. You deal with it. <laughs> you just schedule Shut it. up and do it. Yeah, well, or you schedule it in such a way that it doesn't, you know, interfere with maybe like your best time to get stuff done. You know, I like to schedule like this kind of stuff, like right after lunch where I know I'm feeling like, a bit, a bit more, uh, say a bit more sluggish.
1: That's interesting. Um, are you the type of person that tends to organize work based on energy
0: levels? Absolutely. Like,
1: are those contexts for you in your GTD system as, (laughs) as the, uh, you know, the proponents tend to do?
0: Yes. Yeah, I do do that. Essentially, I have like three levels. I have deep, shallow, and trivial. Okay. And and Uh. you can imagine, like, I try and schedule as much deep stuff as possible in the morning, as much shallow stuff as possible in the afternoon. And the trivial stuff gets done, essentially, like in those weird windows of time where I don't have... Like enough to really like you know, deep dive into something. So, that's kind of that's kind of the way that I work with with my tasks and my energy yeah. levels.
1: Yeah, I have a pretty similar setup uh, where it's um, deep, moderate, and distracted focus. Okay. Um, because I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's certainly it's important. Um, but it, it also speaks to this, you know, need to figure out when is the best time for you to do deep work? When is the best time for you to, you know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I'd be curious to know, like, how many people think about these things?
0: Yeah, like, I mean, or I put
1: in the effort to identify it, let's say,
0: right. Because I know I make, like, it takes significant effort for me to wake up early in the morning and get to work early. But I know that in doing so, there's less people around. I'm able to, like, focus more. I'm able to, you know, do better work. So I make, you know, so I I make a point of it to wake up early, get to work early. Absolutely. And I've built, and, you know, and... And not only that, but my systems are built around getting my body out of the, like, out of the house um, as quickly as possible in the morning in order to enable this, right? So Right on. So, I think it's, it's important to identify. It's important to, you know, again, have this intros- introspection um, about how, like, when's the best time for you to to get these things done and you know, when do you do your best work and when can you, when's the best time for you to, I guess, help others with theirs.
1: Right. Are there any, uh, let's, you know, uh, let's talk about specific examples. Are, Are there any specific forms of friction you talked about? For example, touch typing having been a big help anything that you know when you're doing dev work is there anything specific that you face as a form of friction and that you've either found a good solution for uh, or that you're you know experimenting with something we can call this kind of like the uh, tips and tricks <laughs> part of the show
0: yeah uh for me i think one of the one of the big ones was always uh testing changes so say for example like you're developing something new uh then you run the app click through it to whatever screen that you want to get to you know sometimes you need to log in and then that's and that's probably when you're going to see like okay did my change have an effect um and that to me is something that i took for granted for a long time until Mm -hmm. i didn't and In doing so, I, you know, learned more about testing, learned more about test-driven development. And I feel like that has really been a game changer for me in order to, like, in getting work done in large systems, it is so much more productive than, you know, trying to compile and click through an app every five minutes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel like like in the web world, um, they're they're definitely I feel like ahead of the curve, at least compared to iOS on on this stuff because, uh, because I guess a lot of the work is is inherently a lot more difficult to, to test, you know, to get like your web app into that specific state, um, in order to test changes. So I guess that for maybe people feel like there's less of a need on iOS, but when you start working on like larger code bases, oh man, it's just so much easier to write that test and run it than it is to (laughs) <laughs> than it is to you know click through tap, and tap tap. Tap, yeah. tap like a monkey no, especially
1: too- if you're trying to do that in, in simulator and, and you know it's just <laughs> this isn't going to work at all
0: yeah so that for me that that's my that's my biggest example I think of like a mindset shift of mine in like the last year or two that's really made a difference what about yourself
1: That's, uh, you know, that that's one of those things where, uh, yeah, I agree that testing or writing tests is is going to make a huge difference. Um, for me, specific to my dev work, has been. Uh, this is the you know, kind of annoying because it's not like a, a tool that I can point to, but. Being able to, like, fiercely protect some amount of time in my day Mm. to work on development has been huge. Um, And it's almost trained my mind to, uh, you know, I'll I'll set, I'll block off some time on on my personal calendar. You know, I don't, it's not like the entire company needs to see it. But... Uh, I'll block off some time and it almost triggers an immediate kind of, okay, let's get down to work and let's jump into this uh, focus that when I was trying to just work whenever I found, you know, 30 minutes of free time between whatever
0: Mm.
1: uh, or constantly checking, you know, incoming requests or whatever. um, It it really gave me the opportunity to get a lot deeper, a lot faster, and therefore be a lot more uh, productive in that time. Even if it's only an hour a day. uh, I tend to prefer a little longer than that, but an hour a day is... If it's, you know, an hour of really focused work, you can get a lot done. hmm So uh yeah, that that's definitely one thing. Um
0: another tool mm-hmm. another tool that I've that I've found uh that I'm currently experimenting with. It hasn't it's not muscle memory quite yet. But uh there's a tool called Shortcut for Mac OS. Oh. And essentially what it does is I think you, by default, you press like control space. It brings up a little search bar, a bit like Alfred. And you type in, essentially it gives you like a keyboard interface for everything on your Mac. So whatever UI is on the screen. So if you want to click on a button that presses, that, that says done, you can go control space, type in done. And then it'll kind of annotate all the buttons on the screen that it thinks that you wanna that you wanna hit, and then you can do like, let's say for example, if there's like an A that shows up on the on the done button that you wanna push, you press Control A, and then it'll, boop, click that that's,
1: button. That's that's really handy, um, and that's something that I was thinking about but never really. Um... Got to the point of mentioning when you were talking about touch typing, knowing keyboard shortcuts is huge. Oh, yeah. It's remarkably effective at getting you to do things a lot faster.
0: I feel like often we plateau with our keyboard shortcuts. You know, like when when you get into the groove of using a certain tool like Xcode or Eclipse or. Android studio, whatever, um, you learn a certain number of keyboard shortcuts and then you just never learn any more after that point. But if if you keep consistently making an effort to learn more shortcuts, I think it is absolutely worth it.
1: Well, and I think that if you start to approach, you know, like you do your um the physical actions of your work thoughtfully where you tell yourself if i have to touch this mouse it's it's a bad thing right uh it it kind of makes you work a little harder to keep learning things like keyboard shortcuts and stuff
0: Mm -hmm, absolutely all right well it's been almost an hour shall we wrap this up
1: i think we probably should So uh that's i guess our thoughts on removing friction. Uh I think it's given us a lot of jumping off points. Uh there are so many ways to use and uh this stuff as as like a feedback loop. Um that I think jumping off to a whole bunch of other topics is going to be really easy
0: Absolutely. And what's more, next time we can talk about a new toy that I ordered for myself. Oh no. (laughs) Can't wait. All right. We're done.